Hey, Soul Nation, Mitchell Hora here with the Top Soul Podcast. Um, in response to Trent's question, we'll just kind of keep this going back and forth, answering questions and provide some good feedback. Love your questions too. As we're getting um, season two really rolling here in conjunction with the Global Ag Network and uh, putting all of our content out there on their platform. So we'll keep the conversation flowing. In the last episode, Trent uh, wanted to know kind of what I'm seeing with cover crop takeaways as we're implementing cover crops into the farm, as we're utilizing cover crops a lot more and more. Um, what are we learning? What are we seeing, especially when it comes to data? So my company, Continuum Ag, does a lot of soil sampling, especially with the Haney soil health test. We've actually got some cover crop trials where we're pulling weekly soil sampling, which is just a ridiculous amount, but it's awesome. Really learning and trying to figure out how do those nutrients cycle as driven by that management practice, especially cover crops, the weather, and the soil biology. Those things are really going to impact nutrient cycling. The products that we're using are going to impact that as well. So we're learning about a lot of products as well. But with cover crops, I think that's one major issue you know that we've got to overcome is how do I logistically and economically implement a cover crop into my current um, farming operation? Part of that logistics, you know, is is how do I get my planter set up? How much do I apply? When do I do it? How do I kill it? Um, what seeds do I use? Those are good questions too, relay to Trent, to your neighbors, uh, to your local agronomist, soil health agronomist, and um, and Twitter is is really a great spot for that. There's a lot of good Facebook groups as well to get some good feedback on um, cover crop specifics and definitely reach out to us anytime as well. I think when it looks at how does that cover crop impact my economics, that's where I like to tie in. How is it going to impact not only my yield at the end of the day, and I think um, I think we can see yield benefit, um, and I want to get there quickly within three years is ideal. This year we raised 273 bushel corn planted into a green living cover crop, so I know it can definitely happen. Uh, that's up from uh, about 245 bushel two years ago. So we're really doing well, majorly building our soils and that soil's ability to produce a heck of a lot of grain. Part of the economics in, you know, so as far as implanting cover crop, overcome those logistics and economic issues and, and make sure that you're dialed in and, and do your homework um, and, uh, and start small, learn, but, but we definitely need to do th- things better. We definitely need to use a lot more cover crop. As a consumer, as the market continues to demand more cover crops, we're going to have to be able to supply that need. Part of the economics that we got to overcome is how is that cover crop influencing some of my other inputs, especially nutrients. So we do weekly soil sampling to look at that. That cover crop is, of course, tying up nitrogen and phosphorus, micronutrients as well. Um, and just all of our nutrients, you know, it's going to utilize those things. That's what we want. We we want to utilize the leftover nutrients or pull nutrients out of the ground, um, pull nutrients from deeper in the soil, get that soil to interact and get the biological system really to work better for us. And what I've seen is even with relatively small cover crop, you know, only six to, six to ten inches tall, um, from the research that I've been seeing, um, we've been tying up about 10 uh, to 20 to 25 units of nitrogen per acre, which is nice for a, a very small cover crop. Most of that is cereal rye, 
now we're experimenting with wheats as well but um, on average what I've seen with a relatively um, lower stand of cereal rye we're planting about 25 to 35 pounds of cereal rye per acre growing it up about 10 inches tall we're tying up about 20 25 pounds of nitrogen so very important information to know that you're going to have a little bit less availability at the beginning of the year but that's also that's that's okay because our corn does not need a lot of nitrogen at the beginning of the year but it still is very vulnerable and we've seen some major c to n ratio issues and carbon penalty issues in that early part of the year if you don't account for some of that nutrient tie-up so in that 10 to you know about 10 inch um, cover crop tying up about 20 25 units of nitrogen so you know you'll want to supplement that with your um, with your planter or with your burn down or in some pre-applied nitrogen we've been able to overcome it um, with a strip till situation with just better nutrient placement of the nitrogen that we have pre-applied be it right there in a strip readily available to our uh, little corn crop that's coming what's been one of my main takeaways really more of a direct um, answer to Trent's question is with weekly soil sampling I can literally point on the graphs exactly when we terminated the cover crop it's amazing because we are seeing the nutrients return back to the soil at that time frame there's there's a quick little jolt of nutrients that go back into the soil and I did not think that we would see it quite that early and maybe we're stimulating microbes or stimulating the biology but this year quite consistently we saw that right when we terminated within a couple days we had a little burst of nutrients coming back into the soil and uh, that difference is about a 10 to 15 pound of nitrogen difference is what I was seeing about a 10 to 15 pounds of nitrogen release into the soil and uh, coming available to our crop which is pretty awesome um, for a little um, initial corn you know early stages of corn development that little bit is about what we need so just trying to dial that in and, and account for it so what I'm utilizing going forward is that we are tying up a little bit of nutrients we're we're working on not terminating our cover crop until after we plant our corn into it so terminating about one to three days after planting is when we're terminating our cover crop uh, for the most part we're still using roundup for that we've used a little bit of other things as well um, trying some things with chromoxone which paraquat so trying a little bit of that but roundup still continues to be the, the easy way to get our our grass type cover crops killed um, what we're seeing and, and where I recommend guys go to is based on that initial cover crop tie up um, there's a good opportunity to do some soil testing right before planting you know about a week before week to 10 days before planting so we get get some of that data back and adjust um, any starter that's going on or adjust some nutrients going on with your burn down at that point based on nutrient tie up um, based on how tall your cover crop is getting and then what I do is we're not necessarily overall adding an extra you know 20 or 40 units of nitrogen because of the nutrient tie-up we're more so moving the timing of the nutrient application based on that cover crop tie-up so I'm gonna move 20 to 30 units away from my side dress application I'm gonna just put it on up front just to overcome that nutrient tie-up and to make sure that I'm not holding myself short I don't want to hurt myself um, I don't want to put on more nitrogen 
because it's going to release. It's being tied up in that cover cop. It's helping to cycle for us, and it does release re- pretty quickly. Like I said, even an initial initial release, and then I'm seeing more release all the way through June and early July. If we have really big cover crop, some of that's not releasing until August. But with a smaller cover crop, especially if you got good biological activity, you're going to release that quickly. So I think that's my biggest takeaway, you know, is that how quickly some of those nutrients can come back into the soil is pretty awesome. Um, so just accounting for that in your in your cover crop, do the soil samples, do the tissue samples of your cover crop and learn about how much, it's, how much is being tied up. Um, experiment a little bit to, you know, change around those starter rates, change around uh, the nutrients going on with your burn down or going on pre-applied, do your own trials and, and uh, we'd love to help facilitate that, that conversation. My question uh, here for, for today, going back to Trent, um, is talking about marketing and how do we make money? You know, a lot of guys right now sitting with pretty full bins, um, especially down in Southeast Iowa, for the most part, I had a pretty darn good year with uh, with yields um, in in my little area of Southeast Iowa and Washington County. Good yields, full bins, and still going to be a struggle to make very much money because the crop is just not worth hardly anything. So Trent, you know, how what are your thoughts on marketing grain? How do we do this better? What's going to come, and, and I guess tying in a little bit to getting better control of that marketability, setting up those direct-to-consumer markets, diversifying a little bit, and finding those premiums. There's definitely some things coming, and, and uh, I've got some feedback on it as well, but what are your thoughts right now, I guess, as far as um, looking at the grain that we've gotten, how do we get it marketed? Because as now a young farmer and, and um, my pulled my first corn and soybean crop off of my farm here this year that I bought a little acreage last summer. I'm trying to figure out how the heck do I make any money on it and uh, got to figure out how, I'm, how we're going to find a little bit of margin to keep getting through so that way we've got the tools that we need to continue expanding and do better in our operations. So Trent, I guess what's your thoughts on, on marketing here as we go through this fall? Everyone, thanks for listening. And uh, look forward to Trent's response and putting out more content. We'd love to have your questions as well and foster better conversation here as we go through this winter and think about continuing to expand, do better, and improve global soils as we go into 2019. Thanks.